Hello, thank you for joining us today, thank you for joining us for our Sunday online service, and we know your life is never going to be the same again. Where there is knowledge, there is wisdom. Where there is wisdom, there is power. So as we bring the knowledge of God's word to you, they are not just words, they are words of life, and they have the ability to cause you to do something as a Christian. Amen. If you missed last week's own, we just want you to watch a few excerpts of last week's message when I talked about Jesus dying on the cross. What happened when he was on the cross and what happened when he went to hell. It's very important you understand that, not as a theory, and be able to appropriate that in your life. Shall we please watch right now before I come and continue? You are Jesus, Savior of the world. So he is what? The substitution. He is what? The redeemer. He is what? The lamb. How do you understand what I just said? I'm talking about just on the cross. Isn't that powerful? On the cross, he was also what we call the ransom. Or the propitiation. Say the propitiation. The Bible says that when he was on the cross, he died. He first died spiritually because he had become the, he had taken upon himself the sin. He had become a substitute. He was known and recognized and identified with sin. He died spiritually. And he died physically. When he died physically, he was carried. His body was carried to be buried. Carried to the sepulcher. Is that not powerful? But you see, that was not the end of the whole thing. Jesus' spirit went into hell why did Jesus spirit go into hell now listen to that one in hell Jesus was a prisoner in hell Jesus was a preacher in hell Jesus was a warrior three important things in hell 
Come on, shout glory. Now, what does that mean? And he took my identity. He's never seen me. <laughs> but you see, when he was raised, he was raised as the just and the justifier. Number one. I'm talking about the resurrection. When he was raised, he was raised as the just and the justifier. He was raised as the reconciler. He was raised as the head of the new creation. Oh, in the sofa, Lita sat Glory. Thank you for watching that. Today we are also continuing our series on the garden, the cross, and the throne. It's very important we understand some of these truths. Many people are born, many Christians are born again, yet they are not experiencing the glory that is in the new birth. See, there is the glory in the new birth. See, but, and the Lord wants us to experience this glory on this earth. That is one of the reasons why He's left us on the earth. But not many Christians are experiencing the glory. And the reason why many, not many Christians are experiencing the glory is because many, not many of them know some of these truths. So when we teach, it's not just about the Easter, but it's also about us understanding what Christ did and how it affects our life currently. It's very important because Christ did a lot of things. Like last week, like I said, that he went to hell to preach. He defeated the devil and all that. There are still a lot of Christians who are still still needing deliverances. A lot of Christians who are still tormented because they are tormented by devils. You see, and it is real in their lives. Why? Why? So, when these truths are not available to you, or you don't know some of these things, then you are still open to the enemy. You see, the scripture says, give no place to the devil. And that is the reason why we come your way with these truths. Not for you to just hear us, not for you to just comment, not for you to just join us, but for you to have an understanding and knowledge and appropriate it in your life, so that you can walk in the glory that the Lord Jesus has given to the church shout glory. glory is that not powerful take us to first john before i enter into the resurrection again first john chapter five. Oh, shana mahasataha wherever you are just lift up your hands and pray in the holy spirit zofradi shebelego shadaba we are reading from first john chapter five verse one to four it says oh just speak in tongues malada shataka shataba we are stirring our spirit. We are charging our spirit. Malabashata, makoto shopratisa, livako shoprokosonde. In the name of Jesus, shout glory, shout powerful. It says whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. It says, and everyone that loves him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. That means that anyone that loves Christ, loves God. Is that not powerful? Verse 3 says, by this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. Verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Go to verse 4. Very powerful. Verse 4, it says, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, for whatsoever is born of God, it says, 
overcomes the world. The King James says, overcometh the world. And this is their victory that overcomes the world. This is even our faith. Whatsoever is born of God. Are you born again? Yes, whatsoever or whosoever is born of God. It says overcomes the world. I always say that word overcomes means to subdue. Now, when we say you subdue the world, I want you to understand some of these things. Because we are not teaching you for teaching's sake. It's not that the man of God is a pastor and he's preaching to us so that we hear. Then when we finish, we go home and go and relax. Or when we finish, we just off our phones and watch something. No! There is something about the Christian. There is something about the Christian life. There's a kind of life. There's a kind of expectation from God of how we are supposed to live. See, many of us are just expecting things from God. But God is expecting things from us. God is expecting, why? It says, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory. So, are you born of God? It says, you subdue the world. He's talking about the systems of the world. He's talking about the circumstances of the world. He's talking about the ages of this world. It says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes. So, if I am born of God, then God is expecting me to overcome. The word overcome there is not that we are going through something and we are overcoming. No. The word overcome there means to overpower. See, when you overpower something or you overpower someone, it means you have absolute control over that person. So when it says to overcome the world, it's saying that whatever is born of God exercises control over the world. We overpower the world. Do you know what that means? It means that the Christian cannot be born again in church and be jobless. In other words, that means that he overpowers joblessness. He has control over what job he wants to do as a Christian. The Christian is on the advantage. Is that powerful? So it means that you choose what you want to do and you make it happen. By reason of your birth, whatsoever is born of God. It means he's born of God. Is that not powerful? He's born of God. Whatsoever say is born of God says overcomes, subdues the world. He is not chasing people to give him contracts. No, he is not chasing people. He says such a person overcomes the world. So when he puts an application letter for a contract for a job, anything, such a person that is born of God rules before he even applies. He's already gotten what he applied for. That is the Christian to overcome. It's called the, the, the overcoming life of Christ. By birth. Not because of what you can do or what you cannot do. Because you are born of God, God sees you as a person who has the right to exercise control over the things of the world. Exercise control over the sicknesses and diseases in the world. Exercise control over what you want. What do you want? So all this thing about running from place to place is not the Christian life. That is what the scripture says. This is the reality of God's word. For whatsoever is born of God says overcomes. So if I'm born of God, I overcome. Why am I being overcome? 
Why are things subduing me? Why am I breaking curses? Why am I struggling from place to place? Saying I don't have anybody to help. You don't need to have anybody to help you. You need to be born again and carry the help of the Holy Spirit. Then he enables you to exercise control over this world. We rule this world. So I'm the seed of Abraham. We rule this world. Don't you understand? The scriptures talk about Abraham. The Bible says that Abraham went to Egypt and came back rich. There was famine. He went to Egypt. He came back rich. Oh, Shadabakasa. You see, there is a the supernatural life that God has called us into. It's a life that removes all the, removes all the limits from before us. We, those of you are still seeing limits, limitations and all that. It's because you've not understood who you are. Then it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory. So we are supposed to walk in victory. Kaya. Is that not powerful? This is the victory. It says, that overcomes the world. So what it takes for us to experience this overcoming life that I'm talking about, or the victory, says, is our faith. Now, is what our faith is. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Why am I explaining some of these things? Because we are teaching you some of this about the death. We are talking, teaching you about you went to hell. We are teaching you about the resurrection because we want to build your faith. We want you to have the faith that has the ability to do. We want your faith to have the ability, the capacity to do, to enforce victory. Where you see where you are and you don't want it. Because this is not who you are. And you want to see certain changes. And by your faith, by your what? You cause certain changes. You can cause changes with your faith. But you see, when your faith is not stirred and stimulated, when your faith is not enlightened, I've said it before, that every Christian has faith. I'm not talking about faith today. But you see, when your faith is not strengthened through knowledge, it takes knowledge for your faith to be active. It takes knowledge. It takes no- Oh, come on, shout glory, glory. It takes this kind of knowledge, these realities, for your faith to be active. It takes knowledge for your faith to be active. It takes us teaching you for you to receive knowledge. So I don't want you to just watch us as if we have come to service. It's Sunday. Every pastor is preaching. Most of No. You are hearing us with a difference. Hallelujah. You are being stirred to do something. It doesn't matter what is happening in this world. We are unperturbed about what is happening in this world. Our faith enables us to ensure and force the victory that Christ has given us. Victory over devils. So you are watching me. Maybe where you are, there is no man of God now. Everybody is locked. There is no man of God to run to. But you have your faith. As we teach you some of these things. If you did, you missed last week, watch again. Write down notes. Jesus stripped of the authority of the devil. So you can't tell me that some witches in your family are the ones who are, they are, they are, they are preventing your progress. And you don't know. We have moved beyond that realm. But by our faith, we enforce that victory. Is that not powerful? The muzzles of the devil has been taken off. 
says that he has he he bound the strong man. The stronger man bound the strong man. Think about it. So it says our faith enables us to walk in this victory. Why are many Christians not walking in any kind of victory? Some have never seen anything supernatural in their lives. Some have never shared a testimony before. They've never seen the power of God manifest through them. They've never seen anything in their lives. They can't testify of God's kindness to them. They can't. Why? Because their faith is inactive. Why is their faith inactive? Because there is no light that is on. Where is the light? The knowledge of the truth. That's why it's important. What you hear is very important. I say it every time that what we hear is very important. Anything you hear will influence you negatively or positively. I say it every time when you enter a room and you are there calmly. Once somebody shouts, there is snake, there is snake. All of a sudden your your, your demeanor, everything changes. You have heard something. And what you heard has changed the way you used to look. That is why God wants us to hear his word. You see, you can have faith in the world. You can have faith in even God. Many people have faith in God. (laughs) Come on, shout glory. Many have faith in the world. Many have faith in science knowledge, what they have learned in school and what they have become as medical doctors and lawyers and pastors and all that. They have faith in that. You see? But having faith in all of those things will still give you a life of limitations. You could be born again and still be living a life of limitation. Why don't I have a child now? Born again. Why don't I have any money now? Born again. Why am I struggling from here to here? Born again. No job. No contract. No business. No customer. Born again. Why? It's not because you don't have any faith. It's because your faith is inactive. And your faith is inactive because your knowledge is inactive. And your knowledge is inactive because you are not hearing the right things. That is the truth. So why am I teaching some of this? So that you understand and walk in the victory. Sometimes when you are sitting there alone, you are meditating on a scripture like this. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes this world. I am born of God. I overcome this world. And you understand it to mean that you have absolute control of this world. You cannot just say, we are fighting over a particular position in the workplace and the person did this and that is why I have become like this. No! I'm born of God. That is the greatest privilege God can give us. Some have faith in God. You see, but not all have faith in Christ Jesus in God. You can have faith in God and even gods. Some have faith in other gods. They believe them. And even some Christians have faith in those gods, not because they consult them, but they have faith that those gods have power over them as Christians. You have faith there. You have faith in something. But you see, you have to build your faith on God's word. Hallelujah. Now, you have to build your faith on the word of Christ. The knowledge. Else all that Christ came to do will be useless to you. Some will be experiencing it. You never experience it. Come on, shout glory. So by my faith, I enforce victory as an overcomer. I refuse to accept defeat. 
I refuse to be small. I refuse to accept where I am. I'm moving from glory to glory. From life to life. I refuse these things happening in my life that I don't want. Say in the name of the Lord Jesus. I exercise control over you. If the devil shows up in your room and he says that I'm going to kill you, he's going to let him kill you there. Stand there, say, kill me and let me see. How will you kill me? It's just bragging. When you meditate, you will chase him out. You chase him out of your business. For whatsoever is born of God. It says, overcome the world. I'm a child of God. I'm born an overcomer. My divine genes overcome. It is made up in me. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disposition. Man we refuse all these negativities. We control them. You see them, see them, pass this side, you can't come near me. The scripture says, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to death. Neither give place to sin. Neither give place to the negativities of life. I'm, cha- I'm a child of God. Come on, shout glory. That is why Jesus was raised. That is why Jesus was raised. Jesus did not just die like any other person. Oh, Holy Ghost. Many men came into the world. Some said they were prophets. Some said they were professors. Some they said they were scientists. Some said they were this. They came into the world. Born into the world. When they died, we did not hear anything about them. We still read their theories, but they died. No person can say when he died, he was raised back to life. But you see, what makes the difference? And that is why our faith is, our faith is in Christ Jesus because when he died, he was raised. Listen, he was not just raised like Lazarus was raised. Lazarus was raised from the dead. That young man was raised from the dead. That damsel was raised from the dead. But Jesus was raised out of spiritual death. The whole world, that's the difference. The whole world was in spiritual death because death was reigning. Spiritual death was reigning. Shout glory. Sin is not physical. Sin is spiritual. The origin of sin is spiritual. The origin of spiritual death is spiritual. The origin of physical death is spiritual. He was raised from the dead. And when he was raised, and that is why, that is why we teach some of these things. So last week I said this, I said Jesus was the just by resurrection. Think about it. Jesus went to hell. He was on the cross. He went to hell. He was raised. But when he was raised, he was raised as I said, number one, he was raised as the just and the justifier. Is that not powerful? He was raised as the just. See, understand these things and appropriate them in your life. There are certain things. You cannot be lying there and thinking that maybe you die very young. Maybe those, those, those kind of imaginations and, and thoughts that certain Christians have is because they don't have anything to meditate on. Whatever is born of God overcomes. My whole life, I want to control. You may be controlling things 40% now. You may be controlling things 20% now. But you can control 100%. Oh, is that not powerful? powerful. Imagine a life where you have absolute control. 
Imagine a life. Don't just, I'm not saying imagine it because it's not possible. I'm, I want you to look at yourself in God's word, in the mirror, and think about a life where you have control over where you work. You have control over what you want to do. You have control over the businesses you have. You, you have spiritual control. Supernatural control over the people who come to buy. That is the life of victory. Is that not powerful? So it says, is the just and the justifier. Take us to the book of Romans. Quickly. Shout glory. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 26. Wherever you are watching from, don't just watch us. Take a book. Write something down. Search the scriptures. Jesus told the disciples, search the scriptures, for in it you will find eternal life. Search the scriptures. It is the one who searches that finds. And it's the one who finds that has the, the, the secrets. The keys. When you search, you found. You find. When you find, you have the secrets. The Bible talks about that woman who had many coins and one was missing and went to search all his room, all her room. One was missing. She went on a search. There are things that happen when we go on a search. When you are in certain situations and you go on a search, search, oh, searching through the scriptures. Those situations will break loose in just a matter of time. Is that not powerful? Now he says, but now the righteousness of God, I'm talking about the just and the justifier see, of the Christian. I've said it last week and I'll explain deeply. I said that Jesus did not die for the Christian. Jesus did not pay the sins, the penalty of the sins of the Christian. The Christian was not freed. Do you hear what I just said? So you so say, we are free. Now Jesus has set us free. It is not us. But let me explain these things as you understand. Why, 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 why? So that you know the kind of victory and the kind of life God has given to us. We control this world. We rule this world. When we enter into our closet and we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, Malatos, 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 and our faith is inspired by the knowledge we've been receiving. We exercise control. Is that not powerful? But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. He says the righteousness of God without the law. Now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Go to verse 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. So it says now the righteousness of God is what is revealed. Without the law. Verse 20 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24. It says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Is that not powerful? Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness 
for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. I'll come to, I'll explain this thing. Verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of him which believe in Jesus. So when he says he is the just, verse 26 there, just leave it there. When he says he is the just, he's saying he is the righteous one. No one was having the righteousness of God in himself until Christ came. When he died, he died as a sinner. He died as Adam, the first Adam. He died as a sin offering, a substitute for the sins of the world. He died and went to hell. After he did what he did in hell, which I explained last week, he had to be raised. But you see, he couldn't be raised as a sinner because he went to hell as a sinner, a prisoner. So he had to be raised out of spiritual death and had to be raised out of hell. So what happened was that he had to be born again. He had to be birthed out. He had to be what? Birthed out. He had to be born again. You see. So what happened? Take us back to verse 21. Let me explain from there. Is that not powerful? So his spirit man in hell, that was wearing sin, he was a sinner. God could not raise Christ back as a sinner. No. God could not raise Christ out of hell as a sinner. He had the nature of sin. That was what had happened to Jesus. He had taken upon himself the sins of the world. The scripture says, he who, he who knew no sin was made sin, became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So he became sin for the Adamic world. But when he was being raised, he couldn't be raised back to life as a sinner. So through what we call the operations of God, through the Holy Spirit, I said what? The operations of God through the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't believe in the resurrection when you don't have the Holy Spirit. You can't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin when you don't have the Holy Spirit. Those who are not born again and are outside the house can't explain the house to us. That's why I always say that all those religions that we used to study in school and all that, and they say Christianity is a religion and all that, they don't understand what we have. See, we are not working in some kind of brainwashing thing. No. We are working in realities. We know it when we cast a demon out, don't we know? We know it when we speak and it happens, don't we know? We know it when we talk to God and he talks to us. And what he says is true. You don't know it when you are out. That is why you must be born again. The realities of the presence and the existence, the person of God. Is that not powerful? It's powerful. It's powerful. So, by the operations of God, this spirit man of Jesus had to enter into the womb of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible talks about. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Ah, is that powerful? The scripture talks in Romans about the operations of God. The operations. It means the workings of God. 
how do you explain a lame man walking? It's by the operation of God. How do you explain a person without womb carrying a baby? It's by the operations of God. How do you, oh, is that not powerful? So by the operations of the Spirit of God, which the Bible says that if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so by the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Spirit man of Jesus that had, went, had gone to hell, went into the womb of the Holy Spirit and received a birthing, a new birth, a new nature of righteousness. Because the Holy Spirit is God and He is righteous. So His righteousness was imparted, given to the spirit man of Jesus. And the change of nature from the sinful Adamic nature into the nature of righteousness given to the spirit man of Jesus through the Holy Ghost is what we refer to as the new birth. So the Holy Spirit imparted life and nature into the spirit man of Jesus. And recreated Jesus' spirit. That's what happened. And and this happened in a twinkle of an yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm talking to you about was not like you are in an operation, a theater. And no, 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 no. In a twinkle of an eye. Twinkle of an eye. Oh. oh. Somebody said that no. I've been jobless for the past five years. Amen. Then I was there and I received a phone call and they said, start this job. In the twinkle of an eye. The same, op- this, these are oppressions mm, of, of the spirit. So the spirit man went, received life, received the nature of God, and was raised back to life. When his spirit was raised back, his spirit was raised back to life as the just. The word just means the righteous one. That means the one who carries the nature of God's righteousness. That is the, that is the spirit man. And then that same spirit man was transferred into the body of Jesus that was in the tomb mm. and by the oppression of the Holy Ghost was raised back to life. Mm. Think about it. Right. So it is the Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus arose as the just. Mm. He was raised back to life as the just. He was born again. He was born again. That's why I say you must be born again. Uh, he was yeah. born again. He was born anew. The just, the righteous one. And this is the just and the justifier. He had dealt with sin. Now that he had dealt with sin, what will he give man who believes in him? <laughs> so he was raised as the righteous person and the one who has been given the nature to distribute it. That is the nature of God's righteousness. Righteousness. One of the major problems of many Christians is sin. They ask questions about sin. They ask questions about that sin. They think they are struggling with sin. It's because you don't know. The issue of sin was dealt with before Jesus was raised. When Jesus was raised, the issue of sin had been buried. Sin had been buried. Did you hear what I just said? The nature of sin and the acts of the nature of sin that was provoking the acts of sin had been buried in hell. Left in hell. Before even the Christian came out. So Jesus came as the first Christian. But I'll explain, I'll explain that very soon. But you, you think about it. So if he buried sin and was raised by the Holy Spirit in righteousness, then you have nothing to do with sin and struggling with sin. Why are you struggling? Because you don't understand. 
these things. No wonder the scripture says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. The word dominion means mastery. Sin shall not have mastery over you. It means you have mastery over sin. Is that not what he's saying? Come on, shout glory. So he says, the just and the one who justifies. That means that the one who declares other people right. The one who has the power to make others right as he is right. The one who has the right to distribute his nature of righteousness which he received from the Holy Spirit or God into his spirit. He has the ability to give that same nature into anyone who believes. The just and the justifier. So what did that tell the Christian? That's why I'm teaching you some of these things. How does it apply to the Christian? It means you have become the righteous one. If you have believed in Christ, he has shared you are a partaker of his righteousness, which is his nature. That makes him live right. Which is his nature. That makes him rule outside the world of sin. Oh, you don't understand how powerful that is. Because, listen, Sin brought death, spiritual death. Spiritual death brought physical death. And all the effects and consequences. And then Christ goes to bury all of that. Raised back as a new man. And imparts the nature of righteousness into you. So as long as God is concerned. When it comes to you. As long as, as, as far as God is concerned. And, and, and Christ is concerned. You see. You are not that type struggling with spiritual death or physical death or sin. Why are you struggling with death? I saw death in my room. You are the nature of God's righteousness. You can't see death. What do you see? You see life. You see yourself giving life. You see yourself winning souls and, and enabling them to be righteous as you are. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. The nature of righteousness. Oh, it's so powerful that it has no... See, what I'm trying to teach you is that Oh, are you here? What I'm trying to teach you is that the nature of God's righteousness that we have in our spirit as a gift is so powerful that we have no relation with sin. In reality, we have no relation with it. See, those things can't even come around us. It's too late for it to come around you. You know what the devil is doing? He's still taking those things and using them on ignorant Christians. That's why you are seeing, still seeing death. He can't try us. And why are we teaching you? So that you sit on these things and, and walk out of those realms that you are still in because where you are still, oh, see, you have left what you are still experiencing long time ago, but you don't know. Is that powerful? A guy who was in prison for a long time was released from prison, went to a very big house. He was given a big mattress to sleep on. He said no. He chose a student's mattress again. He slept in, he slept on that in prison for a long time and has, but that is not us. Shout glory. So he says, but the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It means that there was the righteousness of God with the law. Under the law, there was what was referred to as righteousness. It says the righteousness which is of God without the law of Moses is manifested. What does it mean? It means that it is, it is now seen. It says being witnessed by the, and the law and the prophets are witnesses of this righteousness which is of God without the law. 
Go to verse 22. This is too powerful. It says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. So last week I mentioned that. He said, there's the righteousness under the law of Moses. Then there's the righteousness by faith of Jesus Christ. Unto all and upon all them that believed. For there is no difference. Verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24. Being, the word justify is there. Being made right. It's not just a declaration of right. It's being created right. Being created in the nature of God's righteousness. I'm a partaker of God's righteousness. But you see, it's possible because he is referred to as the just and the justifier. The first one to be made the nature of God's righteousness. The first person to carry the nature of God's righteousness. The just. You see, Adam carried sin and transferred to his generation. Jesus arose with righteousness and transferred to his generation. That's all. Adam carried sin and transferred it like a virus to his generations. For all have sinned. Jesus dealt with sin, arose as a new man in righteousness and gives righteousness to all those freely. That is why you must be born again. That is why we preach the gospel. Many don't know that righteousness is free. Many Christians don't even know that the nature of righteousness is free. They are still working for that righteousness. Alaba Sotoya. Alaba. But it is free. We have received it. Being justified freely by His grace. What is grace? The workings of the Spirit. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, verse 25. Whom God has set forth, Christ Jesus, God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood. Then it says, the same 25b, it says, to declare His righteousness. For the remission, the washing away of sins that are past. We don't have time to teach this. Go to verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, His righteousness. That he might be the just. If you are watching me, take your book and write this. It's very important. You don't understand what you carry. The nature of God's righteousness. This nature works in my body. My body cannot serve sin. My body cannot serve death. It is the nature of God's righteousness that enables the life of God to be at work in us. Is that true or false? Ah, it's true, sir. It's true. So he is the just. Mm. Take us to Acts before, the, on the same point. Oh, is that not powerful? Oh, Acts chapter 13. Verse 38. What does the scripture says? It says he was delivered for our offenses and was raised for our justification. We are not struggling with sin. That is the good news. We are not struggling with sin. We are not struggling with demons. We are not struggling with death. Both spiritual and physical. You can't imagine yourself that young. Because you have control over when you want to depart from this earth. That is the righteousness nature. It gives you control. 
It gives you a sense of belongingness to God. It gives you this, this, this consciousness that you can stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt. But not only, only that. It gives you control. Gives you control over, over death and all those things. Is that not powerful? Jesus said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to pick it up again. It is a right of, of the righteous nature of God. Come on, shout glory. We are not a water shock Christian. We've moved, I'm talking about realms. Come on, shout glory. I don't have time. It says, be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the remission of sins. Uh-huh. Verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified. Are what? Justified. So he is the just and all that believe are declared right. Justified. It's not just a declaration that you are righteous. No. Made right. They are made. Yeah. They are created right. From all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So the law of Moses could not do it for the Jews. And Jesus did it. That's why last week I said that he also was a lamb for the Jews, for the transgression of the Old Testament. Come on, shout glory. So he is the just and the justifier. Number two, by the resurrection of Jesus, by being raised, he is the head of the new creation. Hallelujah. Is that powerful? Yes, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Mm. The head of the new creation. Mm. He calls it the new creation. Hallelujah. Why new? Because there was the old creation. Hallelujah. Which the scriptures refer to as the creation. Mm. Now, all those who were under the generation of Adam, the first Adam, are referred to as the creature or the creation. Mm. The creation. Adam has subjected humanity to sin. So, he refers to them as what? The creation. Go to verse 14. The creation. Then he says, I'm saying that he is the head of a new or the new creation. Meaning that there was, or there is a new creation. We are not all humans. That's what he's saying. Some are human beings. Some are divine beings. Clothed in body. The one who is born after the Adamic generation and is not born again is human. He is subject to death. Even though Jesus has done all that, he is still subject to death. He is still subject to sin. He is still subject to the devil because he has not yet accepted what Christ had done. Is that true or false? He is referred to as the creator, the creation. That is what the scripture refers to as says, the creation groaned and travailed in pain. The world that you see, they are not born again, whether white or black, they are subject to the devil. He controls them. They want to live in a particular way, they can't live it. He controls them. He influences them. He tells them, put a bomb in your pocket, go and blast, they follow suit. He raises one man. He says, kill all these people. Raise other men that will put bombs. Then they put bomb. They are create, they are subject to the influences of the devil. 
They are in their rooms and he shows up. Says, take a gun. Go to a school. They, they go to the school. Says, shoot 15 people. They shoot 15 people. They are arrested. I always say that they prove that man is in bondage to the devil. Is that you see a law in a country that says that if you go and steal, if you go and steal or rob, you will be hanged. They hear it. They see their friends hanged. Yet they will still go back and go and rob to be hanged like their friends. They are under the bondage of the devil. The creature. Oh. To be under the bondage of these wicked spirits. But he says, when Jesus was raised, after he dealt with the devil and all that, when he was raised, he was also the head of a new creation. Why? The creation had, Adam had subjected humanity to the devil. Sin and all of that were in control. Then Jesus deals with that. When he was being raised, he couldn't have been raised back as the creator or the creation or the Adamic generation. He had come as a substitute on the cross. He was a substitute for the Adamic generation. But after he had dealt with sin and its effects and consequences, he had to create another being. He had to be raised as a new a newly created being. That's what we refer to as the new creation. So he is the first person to be created, like I said, the first person to be created anew. The first person to be given birth to from hell. The Bible refers to him as the firstborn from spiritual death. You see, so he was also his spirit man. I told you, I said, there was an exchange. His spirit man was insane. Was he not insane? When he was being raised, there was an exchange of nature. That's what we refer to as being born again. There was an exchange of life. Where he left the life of sin. The human life. And left the nature of sin in hell. And was created in the womb of the spirit as a new man. He went as a man. He came back as a new man. Somebody who has nothing to do with sin. Did you understand what I just said? So he refers to him as the head of the new creation. He's the first person, the pioneer, the, the, the first person to be created anew. Because how would he have come out of hell as a sinner? So I say that in Genesis, there was the creation of man. In hell by resurrection, there was the creation of the new man. So I always say in this, there are two kinds of men. There is the one that belongs to the first Adam. There's the one that belongs to the second Adam. This man who belongs to the first Adam is a human being. The one that belongs to the second Adam is a divine person. Why is he a divine person? Because he belongs to the new man who, oh. So you, you know what the scriptures say? He says that he was raised to be, I'll, I'll go to that scripture. The son of God with power by the spirit of holiness through the resurrection. It is this one that, that, that the scriptures refer in Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 4 that he was begotten to beget. Is that not powerful? Being born again is powerful. To understand what has taken place is more powerful. 
to practice what you understand is highly powerful. Come on, shout glory. So he is the head of the new now it says for the that's second Corinthians chapter five. Just follow. These are messages you listen to again and again. Then you want to do something. You see that your sister that is, has been tormented for many years of demons and you want to chase them out. You say, in the name of Jesus. Uh, is that not powerful? The one who is the new creation is not under ancestral powers. Why? Because he traces his ancestry to Christ Jesus. Who traces his ancestry to the father through Abraham. Is that not powerful? So he's not under ancestral powers no. and ancestral cases who don't make anybody to prosper. And those, 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 those are experiences born out of ignorance. No ancestral power can hold you. You don't, that last, last time I said it in church, I said, even if you think that you understand some kind of curse, the cure to curse is blessing. The cure to curse is what? If you are in Christ, you are under the blessings of Abraham. An heir according to the promise. So when we bless you, say, I bless you in the name of Jesus, we are appropriating that. So many Christians don't do that. That's why they are breaking curse from this prophet, break curse from another prophet, break curse. No. Those are for those who don't understand what Christ has done. Listen to me. Whether a prophet or a pastor says, this or not. What is the truth? Is the word. Hallelujah. If the word says that he stripped the devil off, even if, even if, even if we're in the moon with your Bible, he says he stripped off his authority. That is the truth. No wonder the scriptures let God be true. Let every man be a liar. We are not influenced. Why am I saying some of this? So if you are watching me, you think you are not making progress because there's ancestral power. Every time you see your grandmother, every time you see this thing, all those things are demonic that you must chase. How do you chase? You rise up as a man of authority. Jesus arose as a champion so that we can live as champions. The first to be raised. The first to be created of his kind. So the new creation it's another kind of creation. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Created after the order of Christ. Jesus is the first fruit. Oh. The first to be raised or created of his kind. He was the only one like himself when he was raised. Then on the day of Pentecost, we all joined. Ah. <laughs> uh, is that not powerful? No wonder it says the one who sanctified. And the one who is sanctified says they are one. It says, but we, oh, Hebrews chapter 2. It says, we do not see, we do not see man again. We saw man under the way he was created and given the works of his hands. It says, but now we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. Oh, we see Jesus. What are you seeing? We see Jesus, the head of the new creation. It says, for the love of Christ constrains us because we are of the opinion that if one person died for all, then we're all dead. But that, look at it. He died for all, for which people? The world. And because he died on their behalf, in the mind of God, all were dead. 
when a person does something on your behalf, in the mind of all those watching, you have done it. So he died for all, so that that if one died for all, then we're all dead. All were what? When did they die? They died in Christ. When he died, they died with him. In the mind of God. When he went to hell, they went to hell with him. Is that not powerful? That's verse 14. That is, and that he died for all, say that they which live. Now look at this, look at the construction. Look at the construction. He died for all. He didn't say he died for all, for all that those who he died for who live. He didn't say that. He died for all that they which live. So he's distinguishing between the ones he died for and the ones who are living. They which live. Who are those living? The Christ and his generation. So he died for God that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Go to verse 16. Is this not strange and powerful? Wherefore henceforth, says, know we no man after the flesh. Wherefore, because of what Christ did now, we do not know any man after the flesh. We have known Christ after the flesh. What is he saying? He says we have known Christ after the flesh. Means that we have known him as the carpenter's son. We have known him as uh, uh, born of the uh, Virgin Mary. We have known him as from Nazareth. We have known him as working in Capernaum. We have known him after the flesh. But now. Because the one who, listen. The one who worked in Nazareth. And the one who was raised back are two different people. That's why I always say that when a person enters the church to be born again, he came as a sinner. When he confesses the Lordship of Jesus, there is an instant change such that in the mind of God, the one who entered is not the one going. Because that change happens in your spirit. Did you hear what I just said? He is still fair. He is still dark. He is still short. But there has been a change in the spirit. There has been a transfer. Oh, he is not the same person. Many get born again and they don't even know this. So they say, I got born again, I confess the Lord, but I'm still struggling. You don't understand. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, we do not regard him after the flesh. But what do we do? Verse 17. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, so the new creation is the man in Christ. The creature is the man after the Adamic generation. The new creature is the man in Christ. When you are looking for the new creation, you can't look for him in his home. Listen to what I'm saying. What did I say? If you are looking for the new creation, you can only find the new creation in Christ. A man in Christ cannot be a subject of demons. A man in Christ cannot be walking from working from pillar to post with no results, no productivity. There is something about the Christ you are in. There is something superordinary. That when you got before you got born again, nothing was working. Now you are born again. The supernatural acts of the Christ and influence of the Christ becomes available and at work in that business. Did you hear what I just said? 
Child, there is no productivity. What no productivity? What have you been hearing? What have you been doing? I know about a man who was a welder. Every morning he enters his shop, small shop, prays in the Holy Ghost, makes declaration. He kept on receiving customers and, and contracts and contracts. Every time he enters, sometimes one hour, two hours, shuts the door. Take one again. When you go to office, what do you do? The first thing is itinerary. Malados Kapaya. Lock that office. Speak in tongues. And make declarations. Then you sit down as a man in control. That is the man in Christ. As you do that, as you do that, you are bringing out the supernatural influence of Christ, the Holy Ghost. As you do that, I say it every time. I say, take that application letter. Speak in tongues on it. Don't say, why is it that somebody's own? He did not even speak in tongues. You are different. And you must express that difference before there is a change. Somebody did not even write anything. Are you that somebody? You are a man in Christ. You wrote application letter. You spoke in tongues. You activated heavenly forces. Come on, shout glory. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Christ is the head of the new creation. And what is the new creation? The church. We Christians. He is the head of the new creation. We are the new creation. The newly created ones of the kind of God. Partakers of the God kind. Partakers of divinity. We have relationship with divinity. We relate, we have a fellowship. Divinity is at work through us. Think about it. Is that not powerful? And many Christians are still looking at ah, Jesus Christ. Is this not I pray for you that the spirit of understanding will be at work in you. The spirit of understanding will be at work in you. When you see the life of many Christians, you see a lot of ignorance. Many are born again for years. They are in churches. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a this. I'm a that. Yet they live like men. They live like human beings. I refuse to live like a human being. See, if you are a human being, the devil has control over you. If you are of the God class, if you are the man in Christ, you are superior to devils. That takes us to our next point. Oh, shout, shout glory. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was made the Lord. Say the Lord. The Lord. Is that not powerful? You see, it is the Lordship of Jesus by resurrection. Take us to Hebrews quickly, chapter 1, verse 3. But you see, it is the Lordship of Jesus that qualifies man to have what we call the, the word of faith. 
by the resurrection of Jesus, we can proclaim the word of faith. It says the word of faith, it says which we preach. It says when we proclaim the word of faith, what is the word of faith? By believing with our heart and confessing the lordship of Jesus, then we are saved. It is the lordship of Jesus that introduces salvation. I said Jesus was on the cross as a redeemer. By his resurrection, he was a savior. His lordship. So there is a difference between the redeemer or redemption and salvation. When he talks about redemption, he's talking about dealing with sin. When he talks about salvation, he's talking about our oneness with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you catch what I just said? So when a person says he's saved, it doesn't mean that I was a sinner and now I'm saved. It looks so simple. But it's not like that. When a person says he's saved, it means he has become one with the Christ that was raised. Because you see, we are not saved because even, we are not saved because Jesus took our place in sin. Or took the place of the world in sin. We are saved because he is raised. No man, prophet, religious head, can give salvation. The scripture says, for there is no name under heavens given among men. Listen very carefully. That means that there is no name on the earth given by heavens that can grant salvation. The only name that has been given is the name of the person that was raised. And that is Christ Jesus. He is the only one that can grant salvation. That means that means that what that what I just said, the only one that can grant salvation actually means that he is the only one that can bring you to himself to make you as he is. The Christian is like Christ. The Christian. Is that powerful? So he is made Lord. We sing song. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. He is Lord. Why? He is Lord because he is risen from the dead. He is not Lord because he went to hell. Thank God that he went to hell. But he is not Lord because he went to hell. He is not Lord because he was on the cross. He is Lord because he was risen. If he had not been raised after he went to the cross and went to hell, all the things we are talking about would have been stories. Is that true or false? So he says that he is risen from the dead. The scripture says he is the firstborn from the dead. It says, so that in all things he might have what we call the preeminence. That's powerful. I wish you could read that scripture. It says that in all things, the word preeminence means that in all things he would be Lord. In all things he would be master. In all things he would be the head. In all things he would be superior. That's why I say when you are part of the new creation, you are identified by salvation, you are identified with the one who is superior in all things. He can change the heart of man. He can recreate a man. He can create the human spirit. He can touch the human heart, physical heart. He is Lord. Have you forgotten when he showed up on, on the on the road of, of, of Damascus? He showed up to, to, to Paul. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Saul was hearing things. He didn't know where it was coming from. He says, who art thou? Lordship. He spoke from the heavens. Saul heard it on this earth. All the others that were with Saul did not hear. They heard the sound. They didn't know what was happening. 
the lordship of he Jesus. Lordship. In all things, he has the superiority. He yeah, is superior. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has the preeminence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is lord by resurrection. Uh, Do you know what that means? Hey. Do you know what that means? See, we sing these songs. We go to church. We say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Do you know what it means for Jesus to be the Lord of your life? It's by, that is why you cannot be saved by just confessing that Jesus came to Nazareth. That's not what he says. He says, if you shall believe with your heart, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus, and you shall believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, God did what? You shall be saved. So where does salvation come from? Believing with your heart that he was raised. And because he was raised, he has been made Lord of all. The master. See, that is a spiritual master. Ascending into heaven. A spiritual master. With all things placed under his feet. The scripture says that by him all things exist. The Lord Jesus. He can throw the moon and turn it to a sun. He can turn the sun into a moon. He is the Lord Jesus. Don't you understand what happened? When his blood dropped on the earth, what happened? The scripture says there was a big earthquake. He had not, he had not been the Lord at that time. But there was still an earthquake on this earth. And the scripture says darkness covered the whole place for hours. Darkness for hours. The Lord Jesus, by Him all things exist. We are not just people serving the Lord. We are people partaking in His Lordship. The Christian. But you should understand the resurrection, His Lordship, His rulership. He is Lord of all. His name, no wonder the scripture says that for God has given Him a name. Hebrews chapter 1 says, Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and Listen, it says, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, it says, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Go to verse 4. Being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. So by his resurrection, he had obtained a more, I don't have time to go into the levels of his lordship. There are levels in his lordship. But let me just talk about his resurrection. Obtained a more excellent name than they. So the scripture says that wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name. So that is above every other name. The scripture says that at the name, that is why you are not disadvantaged. You don't walk and say, I don't have a helper. Do, to, to, to live in the person whose name is above every other name. To live in the name that is above every other name. Think about it. To be identified with the Lordship of Jesus. These are not truths. You say, I've heard this before. I've heard it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you hear these things until you cannot say no. You hear these things and anything that says no, you cannot accept. You hear, oh, you hear these things and you see a report and you say, no, we are changing this report. Then I've said, I said, the knowledge that you cannot do is not enough for you. The knowledge that you cannot practice yourself. If you have not started practicing, you don't know enough. 
So you listen and you listen and you meditate on the scriptures we are raising until you know. Choose. It's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. Choose to live the life of, of lordship. Choose it. You can choose to just live any life and go to heaven. But we have not come here to live any life and go to heaven. You need to read what Jesus said. Say you are the light of this world. How can the light of the world? He didn't say you are the light of your home. Of this world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. That business that is not known by any man must not be hid. And by this knowledge you get angry. I must not be hid. I cannot be identified by the Lord. My business is hidden. Hidden where? See, my business is hidden. Nobody even knows about my business. That is why you are born again. No, 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 not only that. That is why you are hearing these truths. Kimanto satire. Mighty men of substance are arising in the church. Mighty men of substance are arising in the church. Spiritual giants are arising in the church. In the body of Christ. Spiritual giants. Those who speak and it comes to pass. Shout glory. An excellent name. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Says which of the angels said he at any time? No of the angels. This day have I begotten thee. When was the day? The day he was raised. He was begotten. And again I will be to him a father, and it shall be to me a son. Verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. The first begotten. That is the first to be born out of hell. The first to be born again. Is that powerful? It says that, oh, shatter. You know what he said? Say he has set him far above. Every name that is named. Take us to Ephesians chapter 1, I think. There is something about the church. In, by the resurrection of Jesus. See, I said the Christian came out of the resurrection. So forget about the dead now. Or forget about the sin now. Let's talk about the resurrection. By resurrection, the Christian in Christ the new creature, the justified. I've talked about the justified. I've talked about the new creation or the new creature. I've talked about the Lord. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. It says the heir, as long as he is a child. It says it's not different from a servant. It says even though he is Lord of all, the Christian is also called by the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 that he is Lord of all just like Jesus. What does it mean to be Lord of all? What does it mean to be Lord of all? To be master of all. Do you know what it means to live in the realm where you what you call is what comes? To live in the realm where what you call is what comes. To live in the realm where what you do not accept does not come. You, to live in the realm Ah, it's a realm. It's a realm. It's a life of the Christian. Anytime you meditate, I meditate on the truth like this. Malado se etika, and I throw my eyes and I look into the church. Malay, how many Christians are living this life? 
That is why you are listening to me today. That is why you are watching me today. There must be a change. Today you must decide to be a Christian that is a Christian. You must be, decide to be a Christian that lives the Christian life. You must decide. Why? Because if you don't live the Christian life, other lives will be on you. They will leave you. <laughs> if you don't live the Christian life, you have to live it. Shout glory. Go to verse 20. Ephesians 1. He is Lord. Is he not Lord? Which Go to verse 21. It says far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. That is the Lordship. Far above all name that is named. I've said before, I said very soon, spiritual giants, Christians, will dismiss people from their workplaces. Amen. Very soon. Christians will say, I've removed you. No matter what you do, you'll be removed. They will say, I've replaced you. No matter what you do, you'll be replaced. They will say, this job is yours. No matter who says what. We are talking about the supernatural influences of the knowledge of Christ. That is spiritual... I am come rising up as a spiritual giant. There were times when men were regarded as physical giants. Spiritual giants are coming. When they lay hand on the sick. And the sick not only recovers, but the sick goes to lay hand on other sick people. Man tokopolia. We are not ordinary. I say it every very soon. You will call five opportunities. Hundred will come. You will say, I need it. Just thinking, I need a job. Many jobs will come. That is able to do as, according to what you do, you ask and think. You imagine. And your imaginations will come to pass. When God looks at us, I can't talk about these things today. Say powerful. By resurrection, Jesus is a reconciler. Say reconciler. This scripture of far above can finish all witches and demons and all just having this knowledge, this light. That's what last week I said. We've moved from the place where we have frights. Those, those, those frights have been disabled. You fear devils, principalities, powers. We hear voices. Christians. Say, I'm far above. I'm identified with the Lordship of Jesus. I live in the name of Jesus. I function in the name of Jesus. Shout glory. He is the reconciler. Say reconciler. Take us the same Second Corinthians chapter 5 again. This time go to verse 18. We are not ordinary. We are not ordinary. Say, I know who I am. I'm not ordinary. I belong to Jesus. I do not belong to the first Adam. I belong to the second Adam. He is in me. I am in him. I'm identified with him. I'm tagged to him. We cannot mention Christ Jesus without me. So we learn of Christ. That's what the scripture says. As we learn of him, we live like him. That's what we are doing. We are learning of him. Through the knowledge of his word. 
and all things are of God. He is the reconciler. Says, Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to reconcile, to be a conciliator. That means that he has reconciled us to himself. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. So by his resurrection, we have been reconciled. He is the means through which we have been reconciled. He is the reconciler. And has also given us a ministry to reconcile others. Think about it. It says to wait. Go to verse 19. Oh, Sometimes when you study and you are teaching like this and you are full of the word, you just begin to dance in the spirit. You dance in the spirit. Malatokoso. It says to wait that God was in Christ. Do you know that even angels are now learning of us? And one day, we will judge angels. How great the Christian is. How great the Christian is. To wait that God was in Christ. It says, reconciling the world unto himself. God was what? In Christ. Through the operations of the Holy Ghost. God was in Christ. It says, reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. So we have also been reconciled unto God. That means that we have become at peace with God. Now let, let, me, let me explain this thing further. Wait. Unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Let me teach this in there. I can even close with this one. Come on, shout glory. glory. The resurrection of Jesus. When you hear these truths, so now you sit down. You are occupied with the knowledge of these truths. You are at home. It's locked down. You are doing nothing. You take the, you use that opportunity to study some of these things. Think about it. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Now, he uses two words, uncircumcision and circumcision. Now, uncircumcision has to do with the Gentiles. Verse 11 still. To the, with the Gentiles. Now, before Christ came and died and all that, in the generation of men, in the world, there was what we refer to as, as what? The Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were those who had a covenant with God and were the seed of Jacob, Israel. Jacob whose name was changed to Israel and we have the Israelites from there. The Jews had a covenant with God. Okay. They were covenant people. Yeah. When they were Jews, there was no Christian. Mm. Think about that one. There was God dealing with his covenant children, the Jews. Then there were others in the world who were not of Jacob, who were not Israelites, who were not Jews, and because of that had no covenant with God. You understand? And they were referred to as the Gentiles. Two people, the Gentiles and the Jews. The Gentiles are on circumcision. That's what they refer to as on circumcision. The Jews are circumcision. Why? Because the covenant that God made was the covenant of circumcision. Yes, sir. Come on, shout glory. glory. To circumcise yes, their male children. Mm. 
So Paul now is referring to that now and he's saying that, wherefore remember that ye being in time past, he says in time what? Past, before even Jesus came, you were Gentiles in the flesh and you were referred to by the Jews as Gentiles or the circumcision as uncircumcision. Go to verse 12. That's what he's just saying in verse 11. Verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. You see, he says this here. You, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Aliens, strangers from the Israel, the Jewish, the Jews. And strangers from the covenant of promise. You see, it's explaining here. They were strangers from the covenant. Means that they did not have anything to do with God's covenant. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles. It is having no hope. Oh, hallelujah. And without God in the world. Verse 12, verse 13. Who is he explaining? The Gentiles. Then he says, but but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. You were far off. Now, you have been made near. Go to verse 14. For he is, who who is he? Christ. He is our peace. That's what he talks about. Our reconciler. Our peace. Our what? Peace. He is our peace. It's who has made made both one. Listen to this very powerfully. And has broken down the middle wall of partition. Oh. Shout glory. <laughs> Meaning that before Jesus came into the scene, there was a middle wall of partition. There was a difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews regarded the Gentiles as dogs. For instance, when you study the Old Testament, you see people like the Philist- Philistines or Philistines, however you mention them. The Philistines, like Goliath. The Bible says Goliath was of Gath. He was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. David was a Jew. Jesse's children were Jews. Saul, Jew. What about the others? Gentiles. So there was always fight between the Gentiles and the Jews. You see that in the Old Testament. Do you understand that? But he says that he is our peace. Mm. He has made both one Mm. and has broken down the middle wall. Mm. What was the middle wall of partition for which Gentiles were different from the Jews? Jesus has broken that wall and brought the Gentiles and the Jews together in him and by resurrection has raised a new creation. So now there is no Jew, there is no Gentile according to the scripture. This for now in Christ Jesus, there is no Jew and there is no Gentile. There is just the new creation in Christ Jesus. That is for as many as walk according to this rule and understanding. It says peace be on them. I walk in peace. I'm not restless over anything. I'm not restless over anything. I'm assured in the Holy Spirit. I'm assured. I'm not restless over visa. I'm not restless over anything. But it says he is our peace who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition. Go to verse 15. Say the reconciler. So he has broken the middle wall of partition, brought the Jews and the Gentile all in himself. Think about it. But so that by resurrection and by being raised as the head of the new creation, now there is no Jew nor Gentile now by the new creation. The new creation. And the new creation has peace with God. 
We are reconciled to God. We and God are like that. We are like that. That's the point. We day like that. We and God, we day like that. We God day inside us. We day like that. Is that not true? There is no enmity. Maybe God is coming to punish us. Calabandos Atoya. You don't understand what you are saying. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of two one new man. He made himself these two. He made he made a new one new man out of the two. So making peace. That one is enough. One day we will teach we will really teach this one. Shout glory. Shout powerful. So that is that for the resurrection. There is also his enthronement. But you see, before Jesus went to heaven, ascended into heaven, he had ascended before. Throughout the 40 days, when he was raised, he walked on this earth for 40 days after his resurrection. 40 days. The scripture says he showed himself with infallible proofs. The Bible calls him a faithful witness. Why? Because he showed himself. He showed himself to Mary. Mary was about to touch him. Then he said, don't touch me because I have not yet ascended into heaven. Jesus ascended twice. His first ascension was to present himself as the high priest, which I will teach maybe later on, if not next week, later on. But I'll let you write those ones down. But I want to teach you the 40 days before I close. You understand? Then he ascended to show himself as the high priest. The Bible says that the high priest under the Old Testament will enter into the Holy of Holies once every year, not without blood. So now he, Jesus, when he was raised, went into the heavenly Holy of Holies because the earthly one was what Moses thems did and it was earthly. It was a shadow of the original in heaven. Is that true or false? So Jesus ascended as the high priest to show his blood and to enter into the Holy of Holies and to make way for us to be partakers of the presence of God in the Holy of Holies as the high priest. He is referred to as the minister of the sanctuary. I'll get into that very soon. Come on, shout glory. Then he showed, after that he went and came back, then he showed himself. On the road, road of Amos, he showed himself. The people were walking, he joined them, said, what is happening? They said, haven't you heard what has happened in Jerusalem? He was showing himself to them. The, the Bible says their eyes were, were holding, that they could not see that he was the one. So on the road of Amos, when he met the disciples, they were contemplating. They said, ah, that did Jesus. He was doing miracles. We were following him. We were, we were not just thinking that he would die. How come he was able to be crucified like that? And, and some of the women even said they've seen him. They were all contemplating these two men. Jesus was walking. He says, oh, slow of heart to believe. Ought not Christ to believe all that the prophets and the law have spoken? He says, ought not Christ to have suffered this thing and entered into his glory? And he began, started to expound the scriptures from the prophets to the law, to the Psalms, to the people. He, he explained the scriptures. And the Bible says when they were about to enter their home, he, he pretended as if he was going. They said, say, say no, follow us home. Jesus, showing himself to the disciples. The Bible says when he entered the house and he broke bread with them, their eyes were opened. Oh, hey. 
and then Jesus disappeared from their eyes. How did, why did he disappear? Not because he was a ghost, but because he had a glorified body. So he disappeared. Then he went straight, he went, spoke to the disciples. One day they were in the room. They said, we've heard that Jesus is straight. The people, the Amos men, two men, they went to the disciples, they went to Peter. Say, we have seen the Jesus. He has, it's true. What Mary said is true. They were all shocked. Jesus is raised. How come? Remember, they were not born again. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you. But you cannot bear them now. Is that not powerful? They were in the room. Then all of a sudden, Jesus entered. Without any door, entered. They glorified Jesus. He entered the place. They thought it was a ghost. They were all afraid. They said, don't be afraid. This is not a ghost. Touch me and see. They touched him. They spoke to him. They spoke with him. They ate with him. There are 40 days. He was so, why? He was showing himself as a witness. He was bearing witness of himself. And was about to give them the responsibility of bearing witness for him. So he had to show himself to them. At one point in time, Peter, John, John accounts that Peter was fishing when all of a sudden the master started coming. He says, children, have ye any meat? They've been fishing nothing. When Peter heard the voice, he saw that this is the master. He was raised. Showed himself with infallible proofs. But that is not only that. He was not raised alone. He was raised with the Old Testament saints. Now listen to that one. Is that not powerful? He was raised. The Old Testament saints, the saints in the Old Testament were also in captive, in paradise, in hell. So when he went to hell and defeated, like I said last week, he preached to them and was raised with them. The Bible says when he, Ephesians chapter 4, he says he led captivity captive. Since he took those in captive, he took them captive. Those in captivity, he took them captive and brought them out. Ah. It was when he was ascending. When he went to the disciples at Bethany and was ascending. He ascended with the Old Testament saints. Think about it. But he showed himself with infallible proofs. Thomas said, I do not believe. He said, okay, if you do not believe, touch me and see. Should I say, Thomas, you do you not believe? He says, I don't believe. He touch me. Is that not powerful? He said, blessed are we who believe, yet we have not seen. Shout glory. What we teach you, they are not fables. What we teach you, they are not stories. What we teach you, oh, there is this song. It's true, oh yes. It's true. God's wonderful promise is true. God's wonderful promise and trusted and tried. What we tested and trusted and tried. What we give you, what we give you, what we give you is what is true. What we give you is what we have tried. What we give you is what we know. We don't know because somebody just told us. We know because we have that persuasion in our spirit through the Holy Ghost. And we practice the knowledge and it works. This is the true God. This is the true Christ. 
If you are not born again, you don't go to church. Or you are even born again, but you don't know what you have done. I'm calling on you to be born again today. And receive the knowledge that we are bringing to you. Be born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. Because when you are born again, then all these benefits becomes part of your life. When you are born again, you become a partaker of his lordship. A partaker of his creation. A partaker of his righteousness. A partaker of his lordship. Where you rule. Where you reign. You have an, a divine association. A divine affiliation with the Lord Jesus. Where you say in the name of Jesus. And things begin to answer and respond. Through the Holy Ghost. Be born again. If you are not yet born again, say this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart that you were raised from the dead. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Dwell in me. Make me your own. Amen. If you have made this confession right now, call us, comment, let us know. So that we can help you grow spiritually in the knowledge of God. When you grow, you take charge. When you grow, you take charge. So if you are born again, please let us know. I want to pray for you if you are watching me. I pray for you. In the name of Jesus. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That you walk in the spirit of understanding. And the spirit of wisdom. In the name of Jesus. That your Christian life will not be a religious life. That from today, you will seek knowledge and you will find it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that you might walk worthy of Him. Unto all pleasing. Being fruitful unto every good work. In the mighty name of Jesus. I call it down. I pray for those who are sick. I command sicknesses to leave your body. I command those afflicted in one way or the other. Be free in the name of Jesus. You are blessed. Thank you for watching. I have a lot of things to share with you. Next week we continue or we start a different series. Because this is too long. Amen. Because I wanted to talk about his enthronement. I have about five or six important things on that. But just keep watching as we bring these truths to you and your life will never remain the same again. Thank you for watching and remain blessed. Amen.